0: some blessings everybody. You're listening to the Good Brother Experience, where it is I, the Good Brother, the original black man. I am Reek And um at the very front of this programme I want to thank Mandy of Horrible Decisions for allowing me to be on uh, horrible decisions the patreon portion of their episode. So you know, there's a secret episode with me on it and I mean, it just was released today. A few people tagged me. I got a few follows off of it. I definitely appreciate her for the opportunity. Uh God willing, I'll be an actual guest on the actual program of Horrible Decisions hopefully as close to next month as possible and as soon as that shit goes along I can start streamlining my life to do what I got to do the way I need to do it. And I know it sounds like, whenever you listen to my show, you probably think this nigga doesn't write things down, this nigga isn't prepared, and you're absolutely right, but the past few weeks, I've been prepared. I've changed my point two segment around, so as opposed to talking about current events, I try to teach you something. But this is a little different today. One, because I'm not going to be around for the next few days, and I'm not going to have my recording equipment, and uh, secondarily... This is the last episode of the year. So I just wanted to just talk to you for a little minute. We, m- we might go by, or might go past, I should say, 30 minutes. And as opposed to be doing a point one and a point two, it might just be this one altogether. And I'll do this, I'll answer emails, and then I'll talk to you niggas next week, because Papa got shit to do. But before I get into what happened to me this year, What happened to me this decade the different facets of what i've been through this decade the ebbs and flows of the decade as far as what i've gone through both emotionally and physically uh i just wanted to tell you guys how my weekend went because i celebrated two birthdays one is my man zeus of qlf i did a karaoke function with him um i believe that that was some of the most fun i've ever had there was a whole bunch of love in the room uh And Zeus is just so cool because he's a bodybuilder. And when you really get to know someone outside of what you think their profession is, you get to see how cool people are. And Zeus has become one of my better friends. He's one of my turn-up buddies. Whenever you about the touch spots, he texts me or I text him. And um, he's a father of two. And just seeing everybody grow up and find my face and developing into their own character is something that I'm very appreciative of. But prior to that karaoke thing, that i went through i um had a photo shoot took some flicks for the Grammington. i mean those are going to be released soon and as i was doing that i ran into my old boss i used to work at this clothing company the company's called uh, planet brooklyn academy it's right there on i believe tompkins in uh in brooklyn and i'm sitting here i was going through things that are nostalgic and there's a young boy in there that i used to work with he's about 22 now when i was there he just left high school pardon me and it's so funny um he went to college for a semester and he didn't want to tell rob what was happening so what was going on is he will leave for school i will cover his shift and then he will come back from class and nobody ever knew nothing i mean this is like mad years ago so i can talk about it now and the one thing that looked like was a problem of his as far as confidence is concerned is he's like one of the goody two shoes church going kids so he felt that if i you have to dress a certain way and appear to be a certain way to get the attention of a certain woman which is true but the the difference to be being young and knowing this and being old and knowing this and is not knowing where to put what Women don't care about sneakers, women don't care about clothes, they care about how things fit and how things look. They care about the overall appeal of something. They care about the aesthetic of something. How you look when you come into a room. Brands and shit like that are second are second nature because you can look incredibly tacky and have the most fire shit on of all time, but women be like, This nigga looks like a clown So I remember a particular story to where he was like, Yo, bro, it's got this little bad bitch, you know what I'm saying? Your little bitch feel about style, bitch come from a little bit of money this isn't that yada 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 check me out though brother check me out i think i'm about to get some poonan and poonan is about to come get me and at this point in time he says he wasn't but i think that nigga was a virgin at the time he's like yo check this out brother this bitch can dress and all that i'm about to cop the the gucci's good pants good denim about to cop this motherfucking dior fucking button-up i'm about to get to the way i get two and take it to dinner I'm like bro I know exactly what you make This is the worst mistake you could have ever made Just look clean bro you don't have to you don't have to wow her with fucking labels and shit like that Nah Reek you don't understand brother it's a, it's a new day it's a new era I think I'm like 7 years older than him so he's like yo it's it's, it's not what you're used to like these young girls is different I'm like Bro, no, they're not. Yo, I'm telling you, brother. I'm like you telling me this little bitch is gonna care about brands. She, both y'all live with your parents. I tell y'all talking. Like, Yo, I'm telling you, brother. I'm like, ah, right, brother. He went on the date. One, the date was foul. Two, she had, she wasn't a conversationalist at all. Three, this nigga had no fun. He overpaid for food. He felt like she didn't even finish her food. Didn't even get a kiss goodnight. Didn't even get the cheeks. Didn't get a second date. Started drying up on the text and now you're like 1500 in the hole i say that to say that that was the funniest story i brought up when we finally met up with each other uh me him and my um and my old boss rob which is somebody that i really hold near and dear to my heart so after i did that i went well i should say i changed change clothes and go i went to rock's um birthday party now for those of you that are not familiar with rock by me just saying the word rock uh he's a fellow out of harlem and his name his full i would guess stage name is rock b Wildin, it's all one word and i was on his program uh, at that point in time it was called unpopular opinion but now he changed his name to humbly arrogant it's kind of like when Kobe went from 8 to 24 and he was like yo bro you can't miss the light show you can't the light show my nigga the, it's a, gonna be a movie boy it's gonna be a movie I'm like, yeah, I'm like, bro, I'm not trying to come through and chief off niggas' bottles. I'm not trying to do none of that, bro. I'm coming through to show love. So the shit he said it was a day party. I started at 6. When I got done talking to Rob and the people I used to work with at Planet Brooklyn. And I got done with the photo shoot and everything. From Brooklyn to Manhattan takes 50 minutes. That shit is fucking treachery. Seven miles. Seven. Seven miles, 50 minutes. That shit is fucking nonsense. Anyway... I'm in the whip, doom, 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 doom. Get to the spiz naï, I mean, nigga tried to tell me it was 40 water getting to the door. I'm like, aha! 40 American dollars to come into this establishment, nigga, you are losing your mind. Call rock medial, your brethren, summon the finest person that you can summon and tell them to come get me. So I was procured, I went upstairs, it was a good time, they had bottle service. I missed the light show, but he had a, um, a championship belt on his, uh, on his shoulder, which was pretty dope. I also saw TJ from the Lover's Quarrel uh, podcast, and TJ's somebody I definitely fuck with. And I mean, just so many new friends I'm making this year, something that I'm really going to touch on when I'm talking about my year and I'm talking about my decade, all in all. After I did that, I went to Zeus's karaoke function where we drank chicken and drank Jameson and had beer and I had champagne and all the kind of cool shit. And then I left from there and I went to my homegirl Naya crib because she had a, I guess, a Christmas or a New Year's celebration of her own as well. Uh, there was an array of cheeses and meats and all kind of other shit. If Y'all don't know who Naya is, but Naya is uh, a foodie, someone that really takes food incredibly seriously. I'm not even going to try to sound kind of sending when i say that she's someone that's looking to make a career in this uh she's been published as far as i believe her research on delis and whatever have you so i'm gonna surround us a whole group myriad of just people i got the harlem nigga that coming through a championship belts in the club i got the fucking bodybuilder nigga singing karaoke and i wish i never met her oh even though I love her so, but she's got love for me. And then I went to fucking Nia Crib. And then I slept at Nia's Crib because I didn't want to crash my car. Then I woke up. That was my Saturday, Friday. I just kept it cool. I did watch that movie Marriage Story. Now, for those of you guys that are not familiar with it, Netflix came out with a movie starring Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. uh, That of which, the both of them, are married and they're getting divorced, and this movie was already nominated for an Academy Award, and it just hit Netflix, because that's what white privilege, that's what white privilege is, you know what I mean, whenever one of their relationships don't work out, let's just get a camera crew, let's let's get this British baby, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver, two American people, the fucking baby sounded like they was from, it was from Britain, what kind of crazy shit was going on, but I mean, I fucked with the movie, it was two hours, and the one thing that I will say about this movie—I won't give you any spoilers—is usually when you have divorce movies, and whenever you have movies centered around relationships, pretty much the person who they focus the camera on, or the person that initiates the talking, is the person that you root for, whether they're right or whether they're wrong. It's just a cinematic technique that you're gonna follow. Who, who's ever navigating the story of what happened, or the to the to the demise of the relationship. Whereas this movie in particular, it was very clean, his view and her view. They, was, they were very even as to why the relationship pretty much went up in flames. And just watching the duality between the two and how men think as opposed to how women think, uh, it was pretty eye-opening. I can't even hold you because I was watching it with someone and I was like, Adam Driver's character, I feel this nigga. And then Shorty that I was with it was like, Nah, I actually feel Shorty. Then we had dialogue about it and it helped expand my mind to something in particular. The way women think is they only choose battles that they think that they'll win or that they'll think that there will be positive outcome if they bring something up. Women are not just going to bring something up arbitrarily. So the only way they're going to bring it up is if they thought of all factors considered and they came to the conclusion that things will change in their favor but in doing so there's a lot of things that are withheld from the man so things that you have distaste for things that you don't agree with things that you can't fall in line with things that you're falling in line with only for the benefit of me because you think this is what i will like so you're forcing your way through it if these things aren't vocalized, then the man is just led to believe that it's just, um, it's just politics as usual, which is a lot of times whether it's real life or whether it's movies, it's usually the woman that looks like she's under duress and the nigga is fine. That's why the nigga looks like a monster. Look, yo, how the fuck is everything just okay? Like, why is he? This nigga's a fucking bum. Look at him. Like, she's over there crying with his with her cheeks red, and he's just sitting there, just not giving a fuck. I'm like, yeah. Because he didn't do anything wrong or he thinks he hasn't done anything wrong because nothing's told to him unless it's an explosive argument or until you're fed up with the situation. That's when we get told things, when when you're fed up with something. If there could just be some type of memo that could be emailed, texted, tweeted to all women, like, listen, if you don't like something, don't say it in a roundabout way. Don't say to where the snake's supposed to pick up context clues. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Come to the snake with a problem because... With all niggas, thought process is, it's not about winning or losing. Who the fuck's calling me? Oh, man. I gotta take this, y'all. My bad. Sorry about that. So, yeah, it's not about winning or losing. It's it's all about coming to a medium. Because, specifically with me, if I'm going to agree to be with you, I agree to be here for the long haul. So, if I can get some shit in, in tune to where I can either be used to something or something going to my favor, I'm fucking with it know what I'm saying so even if it's not gonna happen in my favor if we can just come to some type of agreement so this shit is not annoying no more then I'm all for it I'm not trying to have you just sit in here and just harbor all this suffering because you feel like it's best for me because it's not gonna be best for me because when you're fed up with shit that I'm not even doing to you purposely then that's the demise of the relationship and who fucking wants that but yeah but check out marriage story it's on fucking netflix I think y'all will fuck with it I told you about my saturday sunday I just kept it local just chilled in bed uh watched some football, chill with some people, drank some Woodford Reserve, uh, a burby a bourbon whiskey that I particularly enjoy. It's high quality. I got the big uh, $75 bottle, the liter. And me and my friend's family, whatever, we just rocked out, man. And before I even continue this, a mainstay in my life is my man Pasha's family. Uh, his father, his mother, they show Black Parenthood in ways that you really don't get to see. You get to see him figure it out, and Mr. Nathan is a a lot like me. Just having a prototypical job is just not the way niggas is going out. We're too smart for that, we're too creative for that. We're too free flowing for that. We're not someone that just needs to be in a space, just told what to do for eight hours a day, for 40 hours a week. That's just not who we are as people. And I see a man helping out three separate locations his house his children's house his office he's he has like upwards of like 20 bills and he all manages it and it's all without a quintessential job he fucking hustles for every single dollar that he earns and that's something that to me is is just so reassuring that you can speak to the 70 year old man he knows everything that's going on he knows everything that's going on in pop culture he knows about music he knows about movies he knows about television he's up on fashion even if he doesn't wear the streetwear he'll uh, he'll be up on it to where he can converse to you about it which is something that i'm going to pride myself on doing once i get older and just seeing black unity like that is something that keeps me going there literally every sunday if you know anything about me you know that every single Sunday I go to their crib for Sunday dinner to have drinks. That's just my style. That's just what I choose to do with my time because they mean a lot to me. And I don't know if everybody that's listening to me has this family in mind, but I believe everybody has a friend that they chill with their parents. And Mr. Nathan and Miss Darlene are two people I hold in the highest regard. And it's not so much that they're married when they're speaking to you they're not speaking to you like you are their children's friend so everything's very short and concise and the only time they want to speak to you is when they're giving you some type of advice they listen to you when he, when you speak they hear your points of view on something they they will allow for themselves to be enlightened on something that they might not have thought of and then On the contrary, they'll bring you up to speed on something that you might not have thought of because you haven't seen things the same way they've seen things because they've been on Earth twice as long as you have. And it's just like a whole great experience overall when you're going over there, man. And I don't know if everybody does this, but I believe that if you have homies, get to know their parents. I mean, get to know what life was like in the 90s, in the 80s, in the 70s, 60s, depending on how old these niggas are. And you'd be surprised, man, how... common we all are is just the fact that they're this age and you're this age and you feel like there's like this generational difference as far as thinking. Nah. Not unless they're bitch ass niggas and I would think that if you have friends you wouldn't befriend the son of a bitch ass nigger. This is what this is what I'm hoping. I mean I'm not in everybody's situation but what the fuck do I know? But uh we're almost at eighteen minutes and I have a question. You know the question is coming. Have you sipped any water today. Are you hydrated? I haven't drank any water today and my skin feels the driest that it's ever felt, man. My motherfucking skin is feeling brillo paddish and I can't lose sight of the fact that I'm a sex symbol. So not being properly hydrated can compromise my attributes in ways that I can't have. I can't have it. I won't have it. I refuse for it to happen. So because of this and because I'm fucking cognizant of this, I'm going to tell you guys what I've been telling myself. Drink water so you can maintain your sex symbolism the same way I'm maintaining mine. Uh, So what I want to start as far as the decade is concerned? The more I sit here, I can break down to you what I did in my life year by year. And I think I'm going to do so because we're going to go past 30 minutes today. Fuck it. This is going to be my reflection episode as far as my decade is concerned. In 2010, I just graduated from FIT with my associate's degree. Uh, I just tore my MCL. I was going to get a D2 scholarship to play at a few colleges. And if it was going to be a D2 scholarship in full, it was going to be a partial. That of which was completely diminished because I wasn't that good of a basketball player for them to see my potential. They were like, oh, he's hurt? I right, cool. Let's get somebody else that's 18 because I was 20 at the time. So then I come, like, I don't know what I'm going to do for school. Maybe I'll just go work for the railroad, whatever have you. I was recruited to play D3 basketball at Cobleskill University. Uh, and in fall of 2010, I went to SUNY Cobleskill. And I went there for three years. I played there for two to the third year. I did not take uh, any type of classes in regards to internship. I'm sorry, I didn't do any internship because I was in the middle of nowhere. So I opted to take classes instead. And as opposed to me taking 20 credits a semester and killing myself, I just took 14. And I told myself I was gonna stay up there for extra semester anyway, and it all worked out. It all panned out. 2010, some of the best partying I've ever done in my whole entire life, man. Like, I want to say every weekend for like four months straight, it was, it was a spot in SUNY Coldwell School called Brickyard. It was right next to a uh, portal hall, right across from the dining area. And every single Friday, it was lit in there, man. We was dancing. It was the, We was dancing with the same people every week, and it didn't fucking matter. We was sn- sneaking liquor in there, um, hooking up with women, the basketball team. It was unity. It was foundational. And I met so many friends. And it was right then and there when I went up there as a 20-year-old is when I understood that I had personality. And I could make friends anywhere. Yeah, I went to FIT, but that was a gay school. Let's just who's kidding who. So I was with the EOP program and the basketball players. When I went to Cobalt scale, I met genuine people. People that wanted to be around me for me. Not because I was an athlete and no shit like that. Or not because it was a group thing type of mentality. People were attracted to the energy that I was bringing. And I was attracted to the energy that they were bringing to me. Um, I got a lifelong friend out of it by my man Nick. And so much so, I was in Roman Hall and nick was like yo bro all of the hoes are in porter you will accidentally have sex if you're in this dorm room you need to fucking move here with me and i took his advice the next fucking year i moved over to porter i became his roommate this is 2011 now i turned 21 i'm able to buy the bottles and then sneak them onto campus and it got fucking crazy my fucking first year nick, me and him was having so much sex in that room it didn't make no kind of sense i mean still refused to have a girlfriend i told myself i was not going to have a girlfriend while i was in college and i definitely lived up to what i said to myself because that's when i started meeting my man claude my man pj and marvin everybody else 2012 um going into 20 yeah 2012 yeah this is yeah, so... I'm sorry, I'm getting the shit mixed up. Fall to 2000... Fall 2000 to spring 2011. That's my first year of skill. Now I'm talking about fall of 2011 going into... Yeah, fall of 2011 going into spring of 2012. That was smooth. Now, I mean, so much opportunity that I was going to SUNY old westbury area at this time too i had a girl over there got them got that thing she had zay on your own too know what i mean nice girl my name of uh cecily and i mean i fell out of contact with her man I, I hate when that happens anyway did my thing up there next year it was starting to wind down a little bit i started to get over it this was uh fall of 2012 to spring 2013 when i became a graduate I had all the sex that I could have. I played all the basketball I could play. I made all the friends I was going to make. I made all the connections I was going to make. I did all the partying a man could do. I'm 23 at this point because my birthday's in February, so I became like the old nigga on campus. I'm like, all right, it's time to get the fuck out of here. And I was over it. I was. I went to school for five years. I did everything a man could do, as far as making the best of his situation. When me going to small schools, well, FIT. Yeah, that's a small school. It's a big school as far as notoriety is concerned, but small. In regards to like, there's no togetherness at FIT. Everybody's there, everybody's task oriented. You're not really building no connections unless you're really into fashion. Cobble skills when you make the family. Cobble skills when you make the connections because it's literally fifty of y'all that you can relate to. And then after the first semester, everybody starts treating like a hotel. It's like it was like a rule. Fuck as many bitches as you can the first semester because they won't be here. And that shit couldn't be. Any truer. Niggas, hoes, the white people, sometimes the teachers, the niggas was not making it after the first semester because everybody was just treating it like it was with telly. Now, I mean, I've I, I never seen that lack of discipline before in my life. And I'm sitting trying to warn everybody as the older person, like, yo, do your homework. The calf is going to be here. Open Rector Hoop is going to be here. Brickyard is going to be here. The hoes is going to be here. Just take the time to do your work. This is what I used to do in college. This is a trick that I picked up. You treat this shit like a work day, right? So, uh, towards my latter years of college, I only had class two times a week Tuesdays and Thursdays, right? I would have class all fucking day. So, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, what I would do is I would wake up at nine in the morning, go to the library, do some studying, get the work done. So, by the time six o'clock comes around, I can start getting drunk and playing basketball and all that type of shit. So, everybody thought that I never did work, but I was always living in the library. And I refused to buy a laptop for that reason, because I was like, nah, if I have a laptop, I'm never gonna get no work done, and I'm gonna be playing myself. So that pretty much saved me. The the no laptop theory saved me. You just gotta know yourself. So I did my work, passed tests, projects, all that type of shit. I always, always, always made sure my work is done, because niggas was not gonna go outside, I was not gonna get academically dismissed, no. 2013 comes around, I'm like, all right, I graduated, uh, things is going down. I graduated my bread 11s that I still have to this day, actually. And I'm like, all right, what is there to do? What am I going to do? I don't have nothing lined up. That's when I started working at Planet Brooklyn. Worked right at Planet Brooklyn from 2013 to 2016. And this point in time, this is when I met my ex. I'm sorry. When I was at Cobalt I used to date this girl named Ryan. Uh, we used to have sex all the time. All kind of shit. It was great. She was so dope. And then, uh, as time progressed, um, she cheated on me. Yeah. She cheated on me. I found out about it, which was totally fine, because I was cheating on her, too. But I went through her phone and found out she was cheating on me when I was at my man Chris' house after we went to Joe's Crab Shack. Uh, we was in his crib. He let, he let me get the, hold the crib down. And I mean... He went in the room with um, his shorty. I'm sitting there doing whatever. She was like too drunk. And she was getting ready to go to college soon. And she lived in Harlem I lived in Long Island. So the whole time of me working at Planet Brooklyn, she would leave from Harlem, come visit me at work. Or after work, I would go visit her. We would go on dates, whatever have you. Just do shit together, you feel me? And so right, Chris' crib. And i'm like yo this girl is like super horny all the time why is she not getting me no kitten? what is going on now i didn't have the understanding that i was a terrible boyfriend i was like not attentive i was i was only speaking i was speaking to her like it was like a job i was like why are you calling me right now like all kinds of shit. i was just a terrible nigga man i'm just so happy that i've grown as far as a partner well i think i've grown that's just what happens i was like 23 at the time i was trying to be in a relationship but i was fucking her for like a year straight i was like all right maybe she would be cool if i held it down come to find out she was a whore in a way i tried to i tried to dismiss it because when we would share stories about our passing one another she's like yeah i remember i was working at macy's i fucked this guy and then the boss really wanted to fuck me so i let him fuck too and i really regretted it i remember one time i was at a party and some guy complimented my thighs and i was like hmm, you like thighs well i like penis come have sex with me it was like i was like all right you want them free spirited bitches but then this is the early stages of the internet you're not supposed to judge someone by their past you're only supposed to judge them by how they treat you currently Don't ever be put in a position to where you lose out on the love of your life because she has a little razzle-dazzle with the kitten. So I'm like, all right, maybe she's changed at the ripe age of 22. Like a dumbass nigga. What was I fucking thinking? Anyway, go on her phone. She was throwing up and shit like that because I believe you had Ray and nephew when we came back. And I was trying to get the vagina, whatever. She fell asleep. She wound up hurling helping her throw up. I remember the passcode to her phone. So while she was sleeping, I'm talking about like knocked out in a drunk daze. Going through her phone and she was talking to a nigger the same way she used to talk to me. I'm like, oh, this is usually followed up with mouth. So you're not just fucking this guy. You're like spending time with him, cuddling with him, giving him topping tin, all kind of shit. And the one regret that I have of that situation is she had a terrible spending problem. And I never ever used her the way I should've. I should've got jewelry. I should've got fucking sneakers, pants. Cause all I had to do was ask for it. Because she was working at Eldo at the time, but she had like zero like attempts to save. I'm like, yo, oh, listen, I'm trying to get these shoes. You think you help me out with these shoes? Yeah, I'm really trying to look nice for such and so such. You think you help me out with this suit? I should've, I should've milked her dry, and then ghosted her ass. But no, I want to have character and shit like that. And niggas broke it off and whatever i haven't spoke to that bitch since i don't know what she looks like i'm gonna follow on the gram i wish her the best of luck anyway uh springboard from that i'm still at planet brooklyn uh i already knew who my next girlfriend was gonna be because i met her when i was 22 at a backyard party and you know i, I think i told all this shit in 17.1 but not for nothing we got together shit like that so i'm working at planet brooklyn uh, my my life is pretty much in cruise control between 2013 2016 it was just like very just ABC 123 I got my passport I finally experienced traveling solely because of my uh, ex-girlfriend the first time I left the country is when we went to Barbados with one another yeah we went to Barbados that was our first uh bay trip now I mean after that um, we went to the Bahamas on a cruise uh, we went to Paris, we went to Spain, we did all kind of shit, so, boom, so I'm 24, I'm 25, I'm 26, now 26 has come about, and I'm ready to leave Planet Brooklyn, because I reached my cap as far as what they can pay me, and I didn't want to work at a clothing store anymore, I was a 26 year old, I just didn't feel groovy in that regard, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna leave, and I had a homie trip to go on, because during this time I was going to Howard University and went to North Carolina AT uh t Ho as they refer to that as. Um did a few things in this time. And then I'm like, ah, right, it's time for me to dip. And then I think I'm getting a job as a marketer for Home Depot. And let me tell y'all niggas about this shit right here. There was some shit called cabinet refacing, right? And if you're not familiar with that is if you go into your kitchen and you look at your cabinets, it's like thirty or forty thousand dollars to get like new cabinet set. Where they can come through and give you like some artificial nonsense and just repaint what you already have and make it look doper, and that's cabinet refacing. So my job was to get leads to get people to be open to the cabinet refacing program in Home Depot. So I'll walk around with fucking dress pants, sneakers, and um and the polo the home depot polo and ask people like hey uh what is one thing i remember like it was yesterday excuse me sir my my apologies for bothering you but uh i happen to see you was in this paint section and if it's one thing in your kitchen that you could change what do you think it would be okay 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 well home depot is doing this program to where they're trying to have you what what the fuck was this shit again where they're trying to have you renew your kitchen in the most cost-efficient way possible and it's a new program that just came out called Cabinet refacing are you familiar with the program and then i'll come through i have to get their name their email their address write it down on a piece of paper and i'll have to give three quote-unquote leads a day or 20 leads a week in order for me to maintain my job did that for about 10 months and as i was doing that uh, i was using my aunt's car and that's two months before i got fired is when i got the car i have right now this is 2016 at this point and i got fired because after a while i was like man this shit is dumb I'm tired of walking around asking niggas i'm looking fucking look like a herb in here man but it was paying the bills like, there's nothing else i could do about it It was paying the bills and i was going on trips i went to boston i was going to go to chicago literally the day before i got fired and what i was doing was i was making up names so this is how you had to get leads uh, when you was, when I was at this spot called Lynx, right? What you would do is you would get the person, you would sit them down, and you would get their name, email, whatever have you. Then you have to sit them down and make that appointment with the people that work for the cabinetry facing program for Home Depot. So I would sit them down at a desk, an impromptu desk in the middle of the fucking store. Call up the guy be like, hey, I have Hannah Montana here, this, is and that. She wants to do a little bit, whatever, whatever. She would talk to him. He would verify this is a real person doing like a real uh what's that shit called? When you sit when when you when they give you the whole spiel. Let's go with the spiel. They give you the whole spiel, the guy comes in. They only work off of um tips and work off of commission. So they'll come in, whatever have you, look at your kitchen and give you an estimate, right? So what I was doing was I was working on my voiceover shit at the time and I would just make up voices. I would just sit there chilling Home Depot, eat food bullshit with the other employees that i'll be working there at the time uh go on my phone watch movies and then just make up three names and then dip but the thing was every time you handed a paper to actual customers um there will be a number to cancel it so what i would do is i would give it to my boss like yo i got three leads two of them would be real one of them would be fake just in case i fucking ever fell under the numbers or whatever have you and i'll go on um google earth and I would type in, like, random addresses in random towns and look to see, like, what house. Like, I wanted to get, like, actual addresses so just to make sure that that shit wasn't really made up. And then, like, a day later, I would call that number, like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on? My name is uh, John Thomas. Yeah, I was talking to one of your employees last night. And, you know, he came through with the cabinet facing such and such a whim, lame, fin, flame. And I talked to my wife about it and... She didn't really seem too amused. I really wanted to get it done. But you know how it is when you're married, man. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and cancel this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure about that. My missus ain't really going to go nowhere. She ain't budget on this one, buddy. All right. All right, have a good one. And that would be me. And I would just do, like, mad motherfucking voices and shit like that. And one day, my fucking boss, this nigga's name was Grant, came through. And he was like, yo, man, we got to let you go, man. You're making shit up. Yo, one of the demos, the people, the person came through. Nobody even lived in that house, man. What's, what's the deal with that? I'm like, fam, I've been here for 11 months. I don't know what the deal with that is. And meanwhile, I, w- I had a system. I knew I canceled this appointment. It was just a nigga that was going there because he was fiending. He was like, man, fuck this shit. I don't care if you cancel it. Maybe I can work my magic and I work my charm. I could fuck around and um. I fuck around and land this fucking shit. And I understand if you're only working on a commission and you have a family. You're, you're ready to go to the edge of the earth to make sure shit gets done. Meanwhile, niggas like me, Mike, man, fuck this shit, man. I'm not going to come through and spend eight hours a day and have this nigga passive aggressively calling me like, yo, Tariq, did you get the three leads today? You know, it's all about building your future. And the reason all right, said, so this is one of these pyramid scheme jobs, right? I failed to mention that. So at Lynx Innovation, what you was do is you was going to become a leader. in order for you to become a leader, you had to, I would believe, three weeks in a row, get 28 leads with like an 80 percent conversion rate. And if you did that, that means you would like to go to be a leader. Once you're a leader, you lead other people to train to do the shit that I was doing. And then once you accumulate a certain amount of money for a certain amount of time, uh, Grant gives you $10,000 and helps you look for an office space for you to do exactly what you're doing here over there. But you'll be your own boss. You'll be your own CEO, whatever have you. Right. All right. Cool. Didn't get there. And he was always saying, like, oh, Tariq, you're so smart. You're so brilliant. Like, you're probably the smartest person that's here. Why the fuck can't you become a team lead? And I'll be like 70 conversion rate, 76 conversion rate, 60 conversion rate, whatever. I can just never get the conversion rate down. So whatever. Niggas fired me in January of 2017. I go from there, I work for a spot called Arrow Health. Work for Arrow Health. No, I'm sorry. Before Arrow Health. Yeah, this this is before Arrow Health. I fucking work for Rhino Barbecue. Blue Rhino, Blue Rhino Barbecue. I worked there for three weeks. They fired me because I was not efficient in Microsoft Excel. And the majority of the shift that I, when I'll be there, will them would be them like teaching me like what to do, and they didn't have like the patience or the manpower to be teaching me shit that I should have already knew. So they got me to fuck about it there, right? Um, once they got me to fuck about it there, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm with it. Get me the fuck up out of here then. I don't need you niggas because I went through a temp agency. And this is when I went to Arrow Health. And from here, I think I'm going to stop. And I'm going to do a part two of my decade. And just hold on. Get some water. Get a sandwich. Do what you got to do. Peace and blessings. Pastor dressing, I'll speak to you in a few moments. I just want to make sure I'm staying. I just want to make sure I'm being consistent here. I mean, I don't want to give you an hour long episode. I'll give you two 40-minute episodes, and we'll just take it from there. So, I'll talk to you soon.